Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode of the Self Love Club podcast is brought to you by Fresh Start by My Food Bag. Recipes and ingredients delivered to your door to help you achieve your goals the delicious way. Dive right in and start. I find that if you jump off and like lean into action, that often creates, that movement creates more action. Whereas inaction, stalling creates more inaction. There's no better time than now to start and it's definitely scary. Hello and welcome to the Self Love Club, the podcast dedicated to chatting about stuff that matters, real talk and lols, up your self-love and self-care game. I'm your host, Belle Crawford, and this year we've got some new features rolling out and you'll get to be part of the show. You can send me your voice notes either on the Self Love Club podcast or my Belle Crawford Instagram or on the new sparkly hotline. Email them to hotline at bellcrawford.com. This week on the show, we're joined by DJ Tiger Lily, a.k.a. Dara Hayes, a globally recognized Australian-based DJ, producer, wellness enthusiast, and businesswoman. Known for her iconic hair and electric energy, Dara has DJed for 10 years to tens of thousands at festivals and gigs worldwide. We find out all about Dara, how she went from studying dentistry to her career now, smashing it in a male-dominated space, how she overcomes self-doubt, and how she set boundaries to prioritize her health and perform at a top level. We had the best time chatting and there's so much for you to take away from this. We're so lucky to have Dara on the Self Love Club podcast. Dara, welcome to the Self Love Club podcast. Don't worry, I'll do like a fancy intro with your DJ name in there as well. But I feel like I, I should call, I, should I call you Dara like or DJ Tiger? Yeah. Lee? yeah. <laughs> you can call me both either, whatever you like. But yes, Dara is nice, especially when you're, you know, just having a chat. Exactly. Nice it's a little bit more conversational, less yeah. professional. Now, a lot of people know who you are, but tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, cool. So I'm a DJ and a producer from Sydney, Australia. I usually run around playing in nightclubs with a mop of crazy blue hair, which is, I suppose, one of my most recognisable features when I'm out playing. I'm a DJ by night and I love, love, love music and what I do. But then also during the day, I'm a bit of a passionate vegan and I have a social activist account, which I love to run. Um, And I also collab and work with some amazing brands um, on my own social media platform, which is really great to be able to work with brands that I use and love and feel super passionate about. Yeah, we'll go on to that more soon, but take us back. Growing up, tell us about your childhood and did you know growing up what you wanted to do? My childhood was amazing. I had just an epic childhood. My parents are such beautiful people. Um, They're really active and outdoorsy and healthy and encouraging. I have two younger sisters and we're all very different but very similar at the same time. Um, so yeah, I like grew up on the beach in Sydney, had a really active, fun childhood, had really beautiful school experiences. I was generally really lucky with everything. And I definitely am very blessed and recognize that really regularly for having such a positive 
balanced, supported childhood. And definitely, no, when I was younger, I had no idea what I wanted to do. When I was young, like six or seven years old, I wanted to be a pop star for sure. (laughs) Didn't really have any singing or dancing talent, but I have worked my way around that by becoming a DJ. (laughs) Um, I actually left school and went to university to study dentistry. And that was interesting because I absolutely hated it so much. (laughs) And that made me really realize that you can't do a job that you hate. You have Mm. to love what you do. And I started DJing when I swapped my degree to media and communications and then, yeah, fell in love with both the degree and what I was doing musically. And when I finished my degree, I just took the step or the leap, I suppose, to do DJing full time and run my own business. And it was the best decision I've ever made for sure. Mm. Yeah, we'll go through all that. Like, I think that's quite relatable. A lot of people go study something that you think you're meant to do. I don't know. I think a lot of people, everyone's different, but sometimes you're guessing what you want to do when you leave school. And I, I've heard you talk about doing the dentistry thing. What do you think made you do that? Do you just think it was the right thing to do? I mean, you're obviously very smart, but like, you know, to get into dentistry. I definitely, yeah, random, right? Well, I, I know what made me do that. So I went to a selective high school. I'm not sure if you have them in New Zealand, but yeah, you have to do like an academic test to get in. So it kind of combines all the nerds of your city into like a couple of schools. And I was one of them. And so at the school, they really encourage people to go into law and medicine and engineering and finance. And truth be told, they didn't even offer subjects for our exams, like our HSC final exams that were relating to like geography or home ec or things like that. Um, So it was quite limited in regards to how we were able to imagine our futures, which was kind of rough, but I understand why they do that. It's Mm. about, you know, the school's reputation. And I do really love the school. It was a great school for me to go to. Um, So I didn't know what I wanted to do. I hated finance. I didn't like reading, so I didn't want to be a lawyer. And I loved teeth. And I had a really profound experience as a teenager that was given to me by my orthodontist. I had the worst teeth growing up and I was really self-conscious of smiling. And five years later, thank you parents for spending all that money Mm. on my teeth. But I was given a new lease on life and confidence that I never thought possible just by having my teeth straightened. And I found like that experience was so beautiful that I thought maybe I could provide that experience to other young boys and girls because it's pretty amazing what orthodontists do. So that was my goal to become an orthodontist. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And so tell us about the pivot. Obviously, you changed your degree and you went to study in that, you know, communications area. But what was the pivot like into pursuing your passion and your dreams of music as well like talk us through that time because that would have been like you say it's the best thing you've ever done but it would have been pretty scary and like you know sort of navigating a world that you didn't really I don't know if you knew how to sort of go about it all yeah it was definitely very scary when all my friends were getting these long-term secure jobs with long contracts I was like out on my own as a freelancer having to like pay my own superannuation and being like what am I doing (laughs) I feel like there was never a moment where it was like this was the pivotal moment that everything changed it was more like each day my eyes were closed and I was like oh yep let's take another step forward let's take another step forward and I suppose it wasn't until not that long ago that I realized like that this is my job and this is my career and this is my life. And there doesn't necessarily need to be an after or a next, like it is what my life is about. And I can be really happy and continue this career for 
however long I want, which is pretty cool. It was definitely tough at times managing my schedule and my health and ensuring that when I was just beginning, I was making enough money to support myself and live. I'm very lucky I had really supportive parents who were always there for me to you know, let me live in their house or encourage me to, you know, make sure all my finances were being looked after. So they have been really supportive throughout the whole process, which was really awesome. But yeah, everything each year, things started to get better and better. And, you know, I was getting better gigs. I was getting more exposure. I was traveling overseas. And I suppose when I started to travel overseas, that's when I thought, oh yeah, this is something Mm. like I'm traveling the world, doing something that I love. This is actually a legitimate thing now. <laughs> yeah. How long did that process take from when you started to then, you know, starting to get those big gigs and, and you know, you have got a huge following worldwide. Like when did that start to build? Did it take a few years of really hustling and working hard? Mm, absolutely. This is actually my 10-year DJ anniversary this year, which is exciting. Um, so at the first, I would say four years were all about the hustle, which was really when I was at university doing stupid amounts of shows a week, playing the worst hours, like I'm talking 4am till 6am, like just disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, doing crazy flights and trying to manage it with my study. And then I think after that, when I was able to dedicate my full time and energy to it, I really saw things take off in a way that I hadn't expected it to. Mm. So in one way, I was kind of, I always do think what would have happened if I would have not studied and just pursued the music from the get go. But, you know, I can't reminisce on that and think what if because didn't happen that way yeah and it's hard to know like especially when you're sort of thrown into a situation and you're hustling and building something you're you're just kind of doing what you think's the best thing right I mean yeah I totally I totally know what you mean because I do that all the time as well I'm like maybe I should have done this or maybe it's like no no you can't think like that I know and I came from like obviously the selective school where you were like you need to get yeah. minimum one degree like everyone is educated and has degrees in my family so it wasn't not an mm. option to do that it's only an option now thinking back on it and, you know, with the knowledge of hindsight, which is always <laughs> yeah. how, 2020. How do you take, I mean, you, I know you're big into your health and your well-being, but, you know, how do you take care of yourself? And you, like you say, those hours and the, the lifestyle of DJs, like I know that a lot of you actually are quite healthy, but it's not a like super healthy lifestyle. So did you have any like hard times with that or learning how to sort of manage it while you were working those hours? Absolutely. I um, had points in time where I was really unwell mentally and physically, and it took me a long time to figure out how to be healthy because like we're not taught how to be healthy the media tells us one thing but realistically it's not the same for everyone it's not like this cookie cutter experience and half of the things that we're taught as children that are healthy is you know are not actually healthy Mm. for us so it was a big learning process Um, probably took about I would say three years from when I was really unwell to becoming healthy again. I suffered from a lot of gut issues and as a result had like, you know, a lot of anxiety from that because the gut is super connected to the brain, not to mention really terrible sleeping patterns because of the travel. I was just a mess for quite a while. Mm. Um, 
And that was definitely a direct result of my job and the amount of travel plus the working hours and the bizarre things that I was expecting of my body to like, you know, it was expecting my body to keep up and it really couldn't. It was a hard decision to make because I did have to make quite a few sacrifices for my health. But in saying that, it also wasn't difficult because I knew that I couldn't continue working the way I was working and live happily and healthily. At one point, I was traveling overseas for like eight months a year. I did that for like two or three years in a row. And at that point in time, I just said, nah, can't do this anymore. I set limits on the number of gigs I would do a week. I set limits on the number of weeks I would spend overseas each year. I would map out with my agents overseas, like the travel routes and make sure that it kind of made sense geographically, which they were very annoyed about because no other DJ is really that picky. They're like, oh yeah, send me anywhere. But I was like, uh-uh, it's got to make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so taking in steps like that, and my team has been really supportive of me. I think they've seen me go on this journey of health and have realized that I'm a much better artist and person when I'm healthy and feeling good. Um, so I think that they've realized that although there have been sacrifices made, it's ultimately better for everyone because I'm healthy and happy, which is yeah. great. Yeah. Oh, good on you. I know it is kind of hard, especially when you're working in these environments where it's like, this is the way you do things, especially as females. I think, you know, people will be like, oh, just shut up and do it. Don't be a diva. Don't be a drama. But it's like, you're actually doing it for looking after yourself, which means you can do a better job for everyone. So I think good on you because a lot of people yeah, want to do that. I agree. And I think it is really hard when you're hustling in an industry that's really competitive. You do have to sometimes make sacrifices. And the first few years of my career was definitely that. I was out partying a lot. I was, you know, making a whole heap of connections, talking to loads of people, meeting lots of DJs. And it was great and it had to be done. But then there also does have to be a point in time where you realize okay cool I can't continue this like hectic hustle of life and Mm. for me to be able to give back my cup has to be totally full yeah talk us through some of your other self-care practices I know you're super into like I've heard you talk about lots of different things you do so what are some of the things you do to make yourself feel really well Mm, um lots of stuff I train five times a week Um, And so just do a different combination of what I feel like I go through phases at the moment. I'm doing lots of weight centric stuff. I went through about a six month phase last year where I was all about Pilates. The six months before that, it was all about running. So I just really love to mix up my exercise, but I have to exercise regularly because it makes it's like the most important thing for my mind. And obviously it's good for your body, but it's more of a mental Mm. thing for me. It just makes me feel so good. And just gets my day off to the you know best start. So that's been really important for me over the last few years. Meditation as well. I use an app called Headspace, which I know a lot of people think is generic and lame, but I really like no, it it's because great. It's keeps, yeah. it keeps things really simple for me and it's really accessible always, you know, on my phone whenever I need it. I was feeling frazzled before my show on Saturday night and I just sat down and did a quick 10 minutes and it's crazy what meditation, mm. just like a quick settling of the mind can do. And I'm a shocking meditator. So like for those of you out there who are thinking, oh, but you know, my mind's racing all the time. Uh, So is mine. Don't worry. (laughs) And then water and sleep are really important. I sleep eight to nine hours a night. Also crazy, but so necessary. Oh, like, isn't it wild that in this world, everyone's like, wow, that's so much, but that's actually how much you're meant to have. Like everyone's different, obviously, but in in this world of how busy it can be, it's like, that sounds like a dream, you know, (laughs) to get that much sleep. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I read a book or listened to a book on Audible the other day. I'll just find out what it was. It's called Burnout by Emily Nagoski and Amelia Nagoski. And it talks about emotional and physical burnout in women. And it was talking about this incredible guilt that women have about sleeping and that women just think it's not okay to let themselves sleep. It's more important to, you know, be giving to other people. They call it human giver syndrome, which women in particular totally emulate. And it just said that we really need to remove this guilt around sleep because it's the number one thing for us. So I feel like sleep is definitely my life hack, even though it's a pretty obvious one, it's so important. And then I think the last thing is just what I put into my body. So I eat pretty healthy. I wouldn't say I'm like, you know, a raw vegan, no nasties. I eat really intuitively. So if I feel like a green smoothie, which I do most mornings, I have that. But then if I feel like making pancakes, I make myself pancakes. Um, And eating plant-based is great. I eat so much and I eat a whole different variety of stuff. And it's really great for my stomach. It's great for my body. I feel fit and healthy and strong and energized. And I've just seen so many rewards that are both physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual from changing my diet from Mm. a meat-based diet to a plant-based diet. So that for me has probably been the most fundamental change in my life over the last well, five years. Now, tell us a little bit about, like, I know that you have, you know, you do so many things and What's it like at times working in an industry, I mean, a lot of industries and there's, you know, sexism and there's systems in the world, no matter what industry you're in, but especially in music and entertainment, what has that been like for you at times? I feel like you've absolutely smashed it, but, you know, has it been hard for you at times to navigate that? Yes and no. I think the hardest thing is when people make excuses or create ideas based on the fact that you're female. So you have to work kind of twice as hard to prove that you are good at your craft. That can be quite frustrating. And what also is quite frustrating is the focus on the way us female DJs look. I know a lot of DJs have started talking about this online saying, I'm a DJ, but I can also be a model. I can be a dancer. I can do whatever I want. Just because I'm a DJ and a producer doesn't mean that I can't be all these other things. And I think that's a really important topic that we talk about. The world is so comfortable with, you know, women being confident in themselves, confident in the way they look and confident in their abilities, in particular in the dance music industry, which is so weird. I don't know whether it's because dance music started online on like Reddit forums or, you know, in like warehouses where it was mostly 99.999% guys so they just weren't exposed to women doing it but there are so many female DJs out there these days crushing it so I don't know I've always kind of seen it actually as an advantage think about it like this if there are 99 DJs who are men and one female who are you going to look at the female so I feel like it's been an amazing advantage for me I'm like yeah it's great let's keep it going (laughs) so I try and have a positive outlook about it and you know just don't listen to the naysayers it's like anything there are always going to be people that throw shade on what you do yeah exactly right how do you navigate that as well like people having opinions especially as you've grown your following and you've got a lot of fans out there like do you find that as you got bigger people would have an opinion about you or, you know, like how do you deal with, I guess, the haters in a way? Because you are a very positive person. Mm, I actually don't really think about that too much, to be honest, which good. is probably how That's I a really deal good with thing, it. Yeah. 
I think um, with online stuff, like on Facebook and Instagram, I've just got a no tolerance policy. If someone sends something rude or says something rude, it's 100% block them straight yeah, away. Um, I don't, I don't care for anything like that. But to be honest, I'm pretty lucky these days. Most of the time people are really positive and really supportive and the people at my gigs are really, really nice, which is great. I think for a while there, maybe five years into my career, people were second guessing me and second guessing what I could do and my skills and ability. But for me to have been around for 10 years now and to be continuing to play and write music and be doing what I do, I feel like for myself anyway, that's a testament of my ability and I hope that other people see that too. We'll get back to the rest of our episode soon, but first, a message from our sponsor, Fresh Start by My Food Bag. It's a fresh year and a fresh start. I loved doing Fresh Start by My Food Bag last year, and I'm stoked to be back on it, and you can too. We can be twins. My schedule is pretty full noise, and it's super important to me that I eat good, healthy food. So if you're like me, then you fresh start quick is perfect. You get two meals that you heat and two that you cook. So fresh and tasty and nutritionist approved. Start 2021 fresh and achieve your goals. Sign up in February to join the eight-week challenge. You get freebies along the way. And a special treat for the Self Love Club listeners, use the code BELL, B-E-L, for 30% off your first order. Simply go to myfoodbag.co.nz slash fresh start and order today. It does sound like you believe in yourself a lot, but we all do deal with self-doubt at different times, especially when you're doing big stuff like you are. How do you deal with self-doubt when that creeps up for you? If it does, I'm sure it does. Like, you know, everyone's human. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I actually um, just did a shoot in November with Bras and Things uh, for their Valentine's Day campaign. And I was really nervous going into that shoot because A, it's lingerie and I've never done anything like that before. And B, although I'm confident in how I look, I'm not a model and I'm not a lingerie model. And I knew that there were going to be other women on the shoot. I kind of assumed that they'd all be like, you know, seven foot blonde yeah. Viking Amazonian yeah. beauties. And I'm over here like five foot five being like, hey, look at me. <laughs> so I was quite nervous about that and did doubt, not my ability, but just doubted why I had got myself into the situation. Mm. But I just kept reminding myself that they wouldn't have asked me to do the shoot if they didn't believe in me. They know what I look like. I show up online all the time with no makeup. I'm healthy and confident in my body. So I felt really, I, I was, you know, a bit extra healthy going into that yeah. shoot, but I was actually proved right. Like the shoot was amazing. All the women there looked totally different and totally beautiful in themselves. It ended up being the most amazing experience. So I suppose, you know, with self-doubt, you just have to really continue with positive affirmation and not to dwell on the things that could go wrong. I feel like when you dwell on the things that could go wrong, you're just attracting them to happen. Mm. There's a quote about worry. It's like worry is ridiculous because it's willing, willing bad things to happen or something. And so I kind of really take note of that in that if I'm thinking negative thoughts, I realize I'm attracting that kind of mm. energy. Whereas if I'm thinking about positive things and positive reappraisal and you know positive reinforcement I feel like that's a really good environment to like yeah. sit yourself in when you're feeling doubtful totally and I think most of us and I know with me when you're feeling really free and go with the flow and happy go lucky you sort of things actually work out way better than if you're thinking in that space because you're, you're right you are attracting those thoughts and you're 
not going to have a very good time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. So true. What have been some of the biggest lessons and challenges along the way in everything you've done? Mm, great question. I think the biggest lesson I've learned is that you have to put your health first and you have to create some sort of balance in your life to be able to have a career that's going to be successful. And I've also learned that expectations and desires and goals are fluid and mine have changed so much over the years. I would have never expected my wants and goals and desires to be what they are, how they are now 10 years ago. And I think it's really important for us to be aware and okay about the fact that goals can change um, and desires as humans can change and it's not about not achieving it's about reshifting and shaping your focus depending on where you are just all about growing and learning to kind of like go with the flow with your growth yeah, yeah. going with the flow is so important yeah I think as you get older you sort of learn that because when you're younger you're sort of naive and you think you have control over how things are going to happen but like you say things change and you there's not you can't control every factor especially when you're trying to achieve big things as well. So you do have to just kind of go with the flow and adjust the game plan as you go. But I've definitely worked out as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I saw this really cool thing on Instagram the other day, which I could totally relate to. It's like there is no t- set time period where there's a checklist of, you know, 24, score your dream job, mm. 25, 26, get a promotion, 28, get married, 30, have babies, 35, go back to work and keep killing it. Get another promotion like this. There's no order like that. Screw the timeline. I don't like the timeline at all. It's just a stupid I don't like the timeline either. (laughs) But I also think as a woman who runs her own business and is trying to achieve different things and do different things and there's so many different things that I would love to do in life and so many things that I'm passionate about. It's important to give yourself time and space to achieve that and not have too many expectations Mm. that you're going to have everything perfectly organized all the time. So that's the thing, you do actually run your own, I mean, you're doing so much, you run your own business, which, you know, I do to an extent as well. And it's, how have you learned to navigate that? Have you just taken things as they've gone and in terms of what you wanted Mm. to do? And because I think for a lot of people that do find themselves in a business without meaning to, it can be a bit tricky to navigate at times. Yeah. Um, another book I was listening to the other day said you know you start these hobbies and then all of a sudden they like have been turned into full-blown businesses and you're doing like financial reports and outgoings and paying these bills and preempting different things and insurance and all this stuff that you just have no idea about and I think most important thing is creating an awesome team and outsourcing jobs and work and tasks Mm. that you don't necessarily want to do or can't do so like I've got amazing lawyers I've got amazing financial advisors I've got an amazing accountant my dad's actually my accountant which is so good and I've got all these people around me who support different facets of my business so it allows me to do the parts of my business that I love I know everyone doesn't have that luxury and at the beginning I was doing everything myself 
um, which was hard and a definite, you know, a really good learning experience. Mm. But we're very lucky in this day and age that the internet is full of information and we can teach ourselves so many different things. There are so many amazing programs out there to support people running businesses from like mind mapping and planning to bookkeeping and finances, all this kind of stuff. So there's definitely a lot to learn with running your business and a lot of facets, but I do think the most important thing is having people surrounding you that are really supportive. Yeah, definitely. And are good at what they do. So you can just be like, yep, put that over to you. Because I think I'm that, not going to deal with that right now. Totally, because <laughs> I think the thing is, and again, like you say, it is a bit, it can be a bit of a privilege and a luxury, but hopefully as you build things, you can actually do those things. But you're right, when you're trying to do too many things at once, it's just so stressful and it becomes like so hard to do everything, yeah. Well, it goes back to the sleep thing, right? If you're sleep deprived, you can't give 100% of yourself. So if you're like spread super thin over your business, you can't focus on doing the forward facing things that are, for me most important so I definitely encourage people to like look at where they're most valuable in their business or even if it's in like team sport or whatever you can apply this to so many different aspects of life and then you know sit back and let other people do what they're good at so then you can be you know shine up the things that you're good at yeah now talk us through your I know you are so known for your blue hair and that I know that you had to start wearing wigs because I heard a story about how your hair was you know, getting a bit unhealthy because, you know, we love we love blonding, but after a while. So talk us through the evolution because that became like your signature look and people knew you for that. And you were you were quite aware of that. And you were really I think you were quite smart at like at, at recognizing that. So talk us through, mm. I guess, DJ Tiger Lily and the whole look of it all and the vibe. Yeah. So I remember seeing a Vogue magazine with I think it was Abby Lee Kershaw on the front and she had these amazing pink tips in her hair and I booked an appointment the next day to go to the hairdresser and get it done. I was 18. I had, you know, really like down to my hips, virgin hair, never been dyed. And the hairdresser's like, okay, let's bleach at the ends of your hair. And that's where it started. Each time I would go back to the hairdresser, I'd get slightly more and more put on my hair to the point where one day my hairdresser was like, I'm not doing any more. It's either the full bleach or nothing. And I was like, all right, let's do the full bleach then. It was never a branding exercise. It was never me thinking, oh, this is recognizable. It was just because I loved being a bit wacky. And I'm always one to, you know, put my hand up to wear a ridiculous outfit. I always like to have things that are a bit out there. I do like being the center of attention for sure. I'm a bit of a show off. So it was, you know, part of me wanting to be a bit wow and like different, I suppose. I started off pink and went to purple and then went to like a really royal blue and then went into like my atomic turquoisey look. Um, and that was the like the color that became really iconic. Um, and I had that for years and years and years. Uh, at one point, my hair obviously started getting really thin. I'm blessed with like super thick, super strong hair, but I was having to go in for like scalp bleaches every four weeks and then it's not only a scalp bleach but you've got to put the color on and keep I'd have to dye it probably every week or two with like a a Mm. rinse color to keep it vibrant it's a a lot of admin (laughs) so much a lot of upkeep and so it got to a point where I was a bit over it that was at the time when I got into a relationship with my now partner so like almost five years ago and I was finding that when we'd be out on dates and things like that you know I'd get called over or people want a photo and stuff which is really nice but when I met Scott I was like this is my guy I can't fuck this up I have to you know make sure we have a great relationship because 
this is my forever guy. And so, yeah, I just wanted a little bit more privacy, I suppose. There was like a bit of, not an uproar, but people were pissed and they were like, what the heck? Where's your blue hair gone? And I started to notice that there was like quite a bit of negativity around me not having blue hair anymore. Maybe just a bit of disappointment. There's something about me rocking up with blue hair playing as a DJ that they loved a it. lot of my fans love yeah, yeah. and I appreciate that and I also love it too like it's my character yeah yeah then I realized that very quickly and messaged my hairdresser and I was like we need to do wigs and he's like I've got no idea how to make them but let's do it and looking back on photos the wigs we started off with we both giggle they were shocking <laughs> they were made from plastic they were badly cut and now I have like just up there like 10 different wigs they're all made from human hair they're beautifully cut and styled and I can heat them and wash them and they're fantastic and it's become such an awesome part of my toolkit um, for not only my branding and my marketing but also for me personally to really step into Tiger Lily as a character or a performer whether I'm doing a photo shoot or going to the studio or DJing it's a really important part of me and who I am so yeah very yeah. grateful that I've been able to find an alternative I'm still bleaching yeah, the absolute crap out of my hair. hair yeah I love it it's cool that you're playing gigs uh, again I know it's been like such a tough year for everyone and I especially I think I listened to an interview that you'd done uh with some girls that I've actually had on the podcast Steph Clesmith and Laura and you know that was a time where no one could travel you couldn't do job and that was really hard for everybody and it might be a little while before international travel although you can come to New Zealand because heaps of DJs and stuff have been coming here so that would be really cool we would love to have you talk us through that and how did you handle that time and how are you feeling now Mm -hmm. it's been rough but awesome you know, there's always good and bad things out of a situation. And this has been definitely a big combination. It's been hard in that I value myself a lot on my productivity and my work. And I had big goals career-wise and musically and financially and all these things that I wanted to achieve and do. And it's definitely forced me to release control over the environment that I'm in and go with the flow. Mm. Um, So I've learned some really valuable lessons in that. But in saying that, I'm also so grateful because it's allowed me to spend so much time with my partner and it's strengthened our relationship so much. I've spent so much more time with my dog I have been outside and awake and healthy in the day so much more than I would have been. So as much as, you know, it's been really hard from me feeling like I have purpose and sense of self and productivity, it's been awesome in other ways. And I just go through waves, I think. Like I feel really good at the moment because I've had a productive couple of weeks. Um, There's some things happening. You know, I had a gig on the weekend, which was awesome. But, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was feeling really down in the dumps about it. And I just felt like, what's the point? Mm. You know, when you just feel really... just low energy, low vibe, low motivation. And I have to remind myself that it's normal to feel like that. Mm. Um, And anyone who had their career and business taken away from them for, you know, 12 months would feel that way. So I do definitely try to just feel through the feels. And I'm very grateful for the fact that I've been able to, you know, have a career for 10 years. My heart really goes out to all the kids who are 18 and 19 and just starting to pursue their music careers and they have a 
massive disadvantage at the moment by not being able to perform and perfect their skills live, um, you know, vibe with audiences. There's so many things that they're missing out on. So I do have to be grateful at the same time. Yeah. And isn't it interesting, like everyone's going through different struggles in this time and with their careers and everything and maybe thoughts they had, but from the outside looking in, it's always different. Like it looks like you're smashing it. Like, and, but that's the same with me. People will be like, oh, you're doing great, but we can be so hard on ourselves and be like, yeah, but I'm, you know what I mean? Like you're doing awesome things, yeah. but I can totally, that's, that must be really hard not being able to do something that you've, that you love and you're so good at. Yeah. Mm, I think, thank you by the way, but um, I think it's just more like, I, I have realized that one of the main things that I love about my job is actually the DJing mm. part. Traveling is tiring. You know, being on social media can be really rough, but I just love performing and playing music. I really, really, really love mm. that. And I've realized that's like the one thing that I can't really yeah. do right now, which is really hard. So I've had to shift my focus to other things, which creates a different sense of productivity and mm. fulfillment from your career. And you just kind of like have to go with the flow and I suppose work with that. Talk us through some of the highlights you have had when you were DJing. Like what have been some moments where you're like, I cannot believe I'm playing here. This is amazing. Cause you've had so many cool ones. <laughs> there's been so many ah like all just all the overseas touring especially in Europe like I think back to it and I right now I'm just thinking how is it real like you know playing to thousands of people on like a beach at 6 a.m in Croatia or like you know play you know this extended set one time for like three and a half hours in Greece because I was just vibing out and having so much fun or being able to play these venues in America that were brand new and designed specifically for the DJs to enjoy the experience. There's this epic venue in DC called Echo Stage, and it's just the most insane venue. Festivals, meeting DJs, partying, you know, all these crazy stories and experiences that I've been so lucky to do. And then, of course, being able to travel Australia and meet so many friends and create so many awesome relationships over the country. I've been to so many random cities and places just from work. It's incredible. Yeah. Like, so, so great. And not to mention on top of that, like being able to have the flexibility to live and enjoy my life. I really struggle seeing a lot of my friends working for the man and working like 12 hour days. Um, so I've been very lucky that I have been given the opportunity mm. to, you know, take life and just be like, let's go. And that's definitely one of the perks of running your own business. You can create your own schedule and fit your work into the way that you want to see your life pan out, which is super epic. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, that's cool. You've got all those memories and you're going to get to do it again. Like I know it might be ages away before we can like do all those sorts of things, but there'll be so many cool moments to come. And especially I reckon gigging around Australia. That'll yeah, be, yeah, I think, yeah, the Australian gig stuff will happen soon. Like I've got a couple of interstate gigs booked in again I had this whole January was fully booked with interstate gigs and then obviously we yeah. had our cluster in Sydney and blah, like you know shit hit the fan but um that's fine they've all been like rescheduled which is really exciting yeah I, I doubt the overseas stuff will happen for I'm gonna say like two or three years yeah. from now yeah. because I don't I just can't see how it's going to happen realistically but even to be able to play in Australia again I honestly like Australia is my favorite place to play because going back to that work-life balance, it allows me to visit epic places in Australia, 
play really fun shows and then also live my life and work on all the projects that I'm working on um, at home during the week because when you're touring overseas it's impossible to get anything done one quick thing I did want to ask you about is like like you say like having you've got it sounds like you've got quite good boundaries like have you always been like that or is that something you've worked out to do what you want to do you sort of have to be like that with people because I think a lot of us especially as women we've had to learn to do that a bit you know yeah Mm, I I think I do have really good boundaries now and I'm getting a lot better at saying no I think by telling the people around you what your boundaries or what you want those boundaries to look like it makes it easier when you're in that situation where you have to make a difficult decision Mm. yeah I just really set boundaries in regards to how many times a week I can play how much sleep I want to be getting every night what I know I rely on to function and be a good DJ and be a really engaging performer how I need to be to be creative, all this kind of stuff. So it is nice to have boundaries. And one thing that COVID has actually taught me is that I was working way too hard before. Like I was doing like two to three shows a week, depending on, you know, where they were located. And often like one would be in Darwin and one would be in Perth or like Brisbane and Melbourne. And so there was a lot of travel happening. And so I was tired a lot, even though I didn't realize I was tired. And I was still missing out on things on the weekends, which, you know, we all have to make sacrifices, but I wasn't ever giving myself weekends off. COVID has taught me like it's have to have weekends off. You have to enjoy social things with your friends. And I've definitely learned about this new level of energy that like not working every weekend allows you to have. Mm. And so now I've had a taste of that. There's no way I think I'd go back to doing what I was doing before. (laughs) Yeah. Knowing what you know now, what would you tell, what would be some advice you would like to share with your younger self? The easy one that I always say is like look after your health and make your health a priority because I would have loved to have got my health in line and sorted out earlier then something else I suppose I would like to tell my younger self is you know when you're young and you've got the time learn as many things as you can and put yourself in as many uncomfortable situations as you can because those are the things that are going to you know really help you grow and help project your career and life in the future for sure and you've given us so much advice along the way just by sharing your story and talking about yourself but what would be some advice you would like to share with people listening who want to live their dreams and do really cool things like you have just do it take the leap like someone I care very deeply about actually told me that today. She said, sometimes you're standing on the edge and you just have to jump off the edge. And I was like, oh, I'm standing on the edge on this thing. And I I jumped off, which, and it felt so good. So I would really encourage them to just dive right in and start. Like it's always easy to, you know, write lists and never action them. But it's time like you start ticking things off and the only time you really have is now. So I find that if you jump off and like lean into action, that often creates, that movement creates more action. Whereas inaction and, you know, stalling creates more inaction. So I feel like, you know, there's no better time than now to start. And it's definitely scary, but everything will work out the way it's meant to work out. Yeah, totally. And what are some cool things that you've got coming up? I know you're always working on stuff and hustling. So what's Dara been up to? (laughs) Yeah, I'm working on some new music at the moment, um, which is really exciting. Hopefully, like it'll be out throughout the year. Um, In regards to shows, I'm kind of at the mercy of COVID at the moment. So I do have some cool interstate shows coming up. 
But look, I'm hoping that they will happen. Actually, I've just bought some turntables. And so I'm going to learn how to mix vinyl this year. It's something that I've wanted to do for ages, but just haven't put the time in. I have just done a shoot with a really cool Australian brand that's super iconic. I can't tell anyone what it is, but it'll be out in stores really soon, which is awesome. And I'm also working on a project uh, creating a product that I use every day and that relates very much to my brand and I think everyone will hopefully love and use so I'm very excited it's going to be a long-term yeah thing things but, take time to yeah. make hey like you think things will be quick but they take time so yeah good on you absolutely so yeah that's just you know simmering away in the background nice. at the moment. oh well done yeah. thank you so much for your time it's so cool to be able to chat with you I really appreciate it and we're so excited to have you on Thank you for all the amazing questions. They were fun and you're incredible and engaging. And it was, yeah, it's just awesome. It's an absolute pleasure. Thanks to Fresh Start for making this episode of the Self Love Club podcast possible. Get 30% off your first delivery. Use the code BELL, B-E-L, at myfoodbag.co.nz slash freshstart. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Self Love Club podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome. We're an independent podcast and you can support us by subscribing on your go-to podcast app. Click follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star glowing review. Show us where you're listening. Maybe you're out for a pretty walk. Uh, Or screenshot and post on your Instagram story and tag us in it at Self Love Club podcast so we can see and share. Share with your friends, sisters, workmates, everyone down into our backlog and enjoy listening. You can find us and follow at Self Love Club Podcast. I'm Abelle Crawford and we'll catch you soon. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.